0: Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano aka The Don and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by ComicBookClick.com and as always, I am never alone. Sir, if you could please introduce yourself. It's Dan the Comic Book Man. Dan the Comic Book Man is here, we're one week away from Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness everybody's going insane. They've been saying that there's been some Twitter uh, spoilers going crazy. And so in an effort to stay away from all things Doctor Strange and not uh, spoil ourselves for the film we'll be reviewing next week, we decided to take things in a very different direction. As a matter of fact, this will be one of the very few episodes of the Major Issues Podcast uh, brought to you by Comic Book Click that won't be about Comic books, because the episode today, the topic of the episode today, will be films, superhero films, not based on comics. And there's more of these films than you realize, films that borrow very familiar elements from superhero lore and just create, you know, created originally by a studio, loosely based probably on Particular hero or storyline, but for the most part, made from whole cloth, wholly created, brand new, um, and some of this stuff is the best superhero stuff <laughs> uh, you can think of. And the fact that it's not really based on anything is kind of ironic.
1: Yeah, no, it it it's great stuff, and it you know, the, it's the funniest thing is a lot of people that you would think you would end up spawning at least a comic book because of it but they didn't even get comic books after the fact
0: oh yeah yeah and um yeah like if I if we'll get into this list and if any come to mind with some of these uh I'd like to know about them but there's a couple of off the top that I have not seen and I know you may have some opinions strong or otherwise about uh and the first one I, I'll pull out of the hat is super from 2010 uh the James Gunn vehicle Starring Rain Wilson. Are you familiar?
1: Oh, uh, Lord. Super is amazing. So the movie is basically Rain Wilson plays this uptight religious, like, you know, Jehovah's Witness. And his girlfriend, she does drugs and she's a stripper and she runs away with her dealer. And, you know, they essentially get together. He thinks she got kidnapped by bikers. Oh, dear. And he legit, he, and he decides to become a superhero. Like a kick-ass style, all red, batons, but it—it it is what the kick-ass comic was as in terms of actual gore okay. and actual like, um, you know, controversial uh, slurs and slang. One of
0: the things about kick-ass though is it kind of shows you the, um, I guess, unintended consequences of real life vigilanteism. Uh, is any of that shown in this?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. There's a moment, I swear to God, there's a moment where Rain Wilson gets cut in front of the line. And mm-hmm. he gets so angry that he leaves, comes back with like a pipe, like a lead pipe, and hits the guy in the fucking head that cut him in line. Oh, dear. And he was just going to the movies. He was just going to the movies, and a guy just cuts in line, calls him a slur, and then he comes back with a pipe and beats him. Like, you can, like, literally see Rain Wilson's character just, like, over the course of the movie, slowly you're going crazy. Like, you're almost thinking he might be the bad guy. Like, it's a Joker origin story in the make. It-, it
0: sounds like uh Breaking... Uh, uh, it sounds like... um What is it? Falling Down meets Blank Man? <laughs> sounds like yeah. a weird... A weird... Go Blank of- Man. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, Blank Man no, is also sick. there as well, right? I think Blank Man's also on the list. I guess we could
1: put Blank Man on the list. That one I have not seen. That and, and uh, Dark Man with Liam Neeson. I know that that is a is a big influence in superhero genre in general because it's basically Sam Raimi. About, uh, like, I'd say eight years, I think, before Spider-Man because it's 1994. But Sam Raimi is paying homages not to comic books, but... To Universal Monster movies, so okay. it's like the origin of Doctor of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, or or no, I think it's like the origin of like uh um, like Invincible Man, yeah. And Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde it has like a uh, mummy uh homages Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon.
0: I heard it was a cult classic, like it, and that um it, it it spawned a bunch of sequels as well. So it definitely had oh, you, it's fans. you could say
1: that it basically inspired the Crow, Sin City the spirit all of that
0: um blank man is a, i guess you could say it's a bit of a parody film superhero parody film um and it deals with a kind of simpleton inventor he's not really cool or um hip or with it but he has all these like rube goldberg gadgets and one day he uh, manages to save, I believe it's a woman in an elevator. Um I think she's giving birth, then the elevator's broken, and he saves her. And really digs doing so. So he becomes a superhero called blank man. He builds his own um Johnny Five kind of robot called J5. And there's a whole instance Jesus. of of uh yeah there's a whole instance of, of that. It's pretty funny. I haven't seen it in a while. I don't know if it holds up Um, But I mean, it's the Waynes brothers, you know, it's, it's starring Damon Waynes. So, and uh, yeah,
1: 1994. Oh, oh, oh God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, I I thought it was pretty funny as a kid, um, but I haven't seen it in years. But speaking of kids, tell me about Sky High. All
1: right. Sky High is one of the greatest movies of all time. Really? Like, like Sky High is. Sky High is legit one of the greatest movies of all time. So basically, uh, you're, uh, you're basically generationally born with powers. Like, your parents have superpowers. You have superpowers. And when you get turned 13, you go to a specific superhero high school. Okay. But the way that they divide, the, the way that they, they uh, commentate on superheroism with uh, superhero and sidekick being damn near classism is great. Like you are actually treated like a second class citizen as a sidekick. It doesn't matter if you have superpowers and if you're saving the day. Like they really treat you like you're lower than a human being as a sidekick. It's pretty messed up.
0: And so there must be a bunch of burden on these children, right? Given the <laughs> the history of their families and, oh, and what yeah. they've done.
1: Yeah, Danielle Panabaker basically plays like your 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 cliche uh environmentalist vegan where she has superpowers, but she doesn't use her superpowers because she feels it's like oppressing. Really? Yeah. She, uh, her superpowers is literally just poison ivy. She just grows plants. She okay. can just grow plants. Yeah, she, so and-
0: Daniel Panabaker, um, you know, famously plays Caitlin Snow slash um, Killer, Killer Frost, Frost on The Flash. We have Mary Elizabeth Winstead also in this film. But uh, she went on to play the
1: Huntress, and Ramona Flowers in Scott Pilgrim versus and, the World,
0: and Ramona Flowers in Scott Pilgrim
1: versus the World. Um, you have fucking um, Bruce Campbell, who's essentially Mysterio. You know, the the like at this point, he's just Sam Raimi Mysterio. That is that what he was doing in the film? No, he's the gym coach. Oh, okay, and you know who? Oh I yeah, see yeah. Here? Dean Pelton's in here. Yeah, he's the villain, isn't he? Yep, he's Jim the sidekick Rash. to Mary Elizabeth Winstead,
0: and and, and that's crazy. Dave Foley's in this. <laughs> we yes. were talking about Dave Foley the other day.
1: Yes, Dave Foley is in here. That's great, and um, it's so funny because Dean Pelton basically wears what uh Chang wore in the Dungeons and Dragons episode.
0: Ridiculous. He's just like
1: this. All he's just this all black like goblin with long ears and talon fingernails, and he's like. Always on like the haunches of his shoulders. But Wait, he just but sounds he, like the It dean. says
0: he's Royu Paint sidekick.
1: Yeah, that's Mary Elizabeth Winston.
0: Oh, so he went Because well,
1: it was her father and then it was her. He went evil. Yeah. Is that it?
0: Yeah. I'm but he literally at...
1: just sounds like the dean.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at a picture. Of him as a good guy and as a bad guy Mr Grayson and then stitches this is uh yeah we also
1: have um Russell Russell's also in here who went on to play ego so there's a lot of
0: and um the principal is that went on to play other superheroes the principal is um Linda Carter
1: oh yeah uh, yep yep of, of Wonder Linda Woman fame
0: that might be one of so the you most uh, superhero, most superhero alumni in a non-comic book film.
1: 100%. Like, everybody there has some sort of ties to Marvel or DC. Oh, dear. Music by Michael uh, Gia. I can never say his
0: last name. Uh, same dude from Doctor Strange and um, Spider-Man and Incredibles. and Yeah, Michael Gia.
1: You know. Jacquino, He's yep. Yeah, he's it's just a it's just genuinely a great movie. And Kurt Russell eats up the scenery like in the best way. Like he literally takes the role of being a superhero to like the next level. And it's actually great to see.
0: Wow, he's the same um producer who produced Cruella for this. That's
1: crazy.
0: I oh, see new superhero, uh, super villain origins. His name was Andrew Gunn, so I was just trying to see if there was any relation. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: let's go from I've Sky High. I've been
1: down those rabbit holes before. <laughs> uh,
0: let's go from Sky High to Hancock.
1: 2008 Hancock. Oh, I saw that movie in theaters, man. I saw that in theaters with my dad and my sister. That movie I've, I've still seen Hancock. to this day holds up.
0: I think the third <laughs> act gets a little gets a little wonky with the angel. With the, with, the, oh, with the hospital once,
1: stuff? Once that twist happens, yeah. Like, the movie could have ended with that twist never happening. Even that final fight scene in, like, the hospital was kind of, like, just weird for me. In a lot of ways, it like, feels like really, two films. to make this guy a whole villain. What's up?
0: Yeah. In a lot of ways, it feels like two films. It feels like a film that wanted to be, like, a superhero parody, but then also a, a, a film that wanted to be, like, a commentary on angels and fate. And love. Seriously, and, yeah. And and they try to like mesh both together. I do remember one of the high points of this film being Jason Bateman. I thought he was great in this. 100%. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit
1: on occasion. He doesn't get enough credit at all for a lot of the work that he does. Not, like not, it's getting ridiculous at this point. Um,
0: has not uh, done anything comic booky, right? Jason Bateman?
1: No, not that I can recall. No, definitely not. Interesting.
0: Um, Will Smith's done Men in Black. I think that counts. That definitely counts. And uh, he was Deadshot.
1: That's a big one.
0: Um, Charlie's is it Charlie's Theron? Yeah, Charlie's Theron. Charlize in
1: this.
0: Theron. Yeah, she's not done anything comic booky. She nah, married one of the few. Of like a... Yeah. She might be one of the one of the very few that hasn't stepped into that room, but I mean, she'd kill it in anything she wanted to do in that room. Maybe she should be as Emma
1: Frost. No, <laughs> joke. She could be Emma Frost. Yeah. Oh, yep. One hundred percent. I think she could be Emma Frost, and give her that and let her have her South African accent. She could one hundred percent. Like I love Shirley. St- Shirley Sturon's accent. Like she doesn't get to use that accent enough.
0: Like I said, I think Will Smith plays it good. And I feel like we were at a, we were in a time period. I mean, it's funny enough, this comes out the same year that the Marvel cinematic universe would start. But, um, you know, this felt Deadpool before Deadpool, you know, the drinking, the not really wanting to be a superhero. Like it just felt like, yeah. like kind of edgy, um, not anti-superhero, but just a little bit of painting outside the lines of what we knew comic book movies to be
1: but this uh, was very much so an anti-superhero movie
0: yeah but, this was a
1: man that actually did not want to be a superhero at all
0: but it also was probably a commentary of on the like the conveyor belt of superhero movies we got prior which is like the daredevils the fantastic fours you know the superman returns oh yeah and,
1: the ghost riders yeah right yeah
0: because they'll be making they were making a lot of them and not all of them were great so <laughs> it felt like this was a bit of a um a uh, commentary on that and it said that uh you know somebody wrote a, a spec script originally this the film was supposed to be called tonight he comes which i mean phrasing that's uh, weird yeah uh, but they said that the motivation for the idea was the love of superman and a version of superman that was more real and more challenging like i said i mean how often have people gone to that right to that well you see I want to make a Superman film but I want to make it more relatable and I want to make it more real All right, bro
1: good luck I hope no one relates with Hancock because that's just the guy was an asshole at the end of the day I don't care if he hates being called an asshole he's an asshole
0: but then it would remember they had like that weird moment where it's like they were also an interracial couple and he was killed damn near killed because of it and so they couldn't date anymore
1: yeah And that was, like, the last time that he he got, like, he was, like, shot in, like, the lungs and woke up in the hospital. And all he had was, like, a a ticket to a movie, some bubble gum, and, like, $2 in his pocket. Right. And Um, they asked him to put down, yeah, they asked him to sign his John Hancock. And he thought that was his name. So his name is John Hancock. He did some really good
0: acting in that that
1: movie, uh, Mr.
0: Smith. He did. I don't know if they'll be calling him back to do anything superhero-y uh, for a while. But, you know, he did, he did do well with that. Um, let's talk about... Tell me about Megamind. I've never seen Megamind.
1: What? Yeah. Oh, you're bugged out. You've never seen Megamind. No. Yo, bro. So, imagine a world where the hero wins so much he gets bored and okay. decides to fake his own death bro the hero played by Brad Pitt got bored of winning uh-huh was, He was just incomplete so when will farrell megamind kidnaps him he decides to fake his own death and will farrell thought he won
0: uh-huh
1: and then it, it became the joker effect where his victory the the getting to the victory meant more than the actual victory Okay, so Megamind starts becoming like you know depressed because he has no arch rival, so he takes the fucking new a Newsday cameraman played by Jonah Hill, mm-hmm. and decides to turn into it to trick him, manipulate him into turning him into a superhero, so he will be able to have a new to fight rival. him so he can fight him, <laughs> yeah, so he can fight a hero because that sounds pretty damn interesting. Anymore. It is great, and then you have David Cross. Playing like, like this piranha robot. Like it's literally just a piranha mm-hmm. in a robot neck suit. And um, Tina Fey plays the anchor lady. Jonah Hill plays the the fucking cameraman to the anchor lady or field right. reporter, whatever she is. Yeah. There's a lot of voice actors in here. And once again, another superhero, another one that goes on to do more superhero work with uh, Brad Pitt having his little cameo in Deadpool 2 yeah because that counts
0: let me see let me see but it's
1: it's it is genuinely great it, it's it's really that's if if you ever see when i use the gif and i love you random citizen it's from that because it's one of the funniest that movie is just genuinely good and it's dreamworks that's the best part i think that's it's why we're under
0: under my radar it came out in 2010 and that, that was a very busy year for me but um yeah, it was just one of those ones that stood by. It wasn't like, oh, I, you know, I heard anything bad about it. I just never really it's got like a to see it. Alien, you know? It's
1: like Monsters vs. Aliens, you
0: know? It's
1: like, I think Monsters vs. Aliens is a great fucking movie. And not actually, enough. I've actually seen
0: it. Monsters vs. Aliens. That's the one with Seth Rogen, right? As the blob.
1: Seth Rogen, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Hugh Laurie, uh, Stephen Colbert. Yeah, I've seen it. It's great. I,
0: I've, I've definitely seen that. Um... So what about Chronicle? What about
1: Unbreakable? Let's go Let's Chronicle go first. Let's go oh, Chronicle God. first because
0: it's actually, not it's not I'm, just Unbreakable. Unbreakable.
1: Oh God! Like, but do we have to have to talk about yeah, the other yes, one? That's it how it goes. That? Yep. God damn it! Chronicle is not that bad, but it's also not that good. Chronicle because- is
0: like it reminds me of like uh Oh, how do I put this? It reminds me of like a, like the Donnie Darko, but like, like lesser, (laughs) the lesser Donnie Darko in the sense that like, when I saw this, it felt really real, but the, the more removed I am from it, the more it just feels very angsty. If that makes any sense.
1: No, it's true. It's true. And the other thing is, it, it was just, it's the fact of of it, just the way the story was set up. Like, first of all, why are these three of all people friends? Like, they seem like they have nothing in common. Mm-hmm. And then it's just over the course of the movie, it's just slowly and slowly watching Dean DeHaan just go worse and worse. Just get worse and worse with his superpowers.
0: Yeah, Dean DeHaan like, would, would go that. on to be uh, Green Goblin in The Amazing Spider-Man. And series. Michael B.
1: Jordan. Um, what's that fucking movie with uh, Keanu Reeves? M- the baseball Keanu. movie. Uh, the, they're the, they're
0: the,
1: you're talking about um, y- y- Hardball. Hardball. That had Michael B. Jordan. And The Wire had Michael B. Jordan. But this is like one of the ones that like really shot him to fame here. Yeah, he would go on to
0: play um, the Human Torch in Fanforestick and then Killmonger in Black Panther uh, to much success. You know, now he's he's doing his own franchise stuff with Creed. Oh, yeah. So. so like,
1: and I, I've, I've only seen this movie truly. I've only seen this movie like twice. And I saw it once on my own and once with a cousin. And yeah, it's just one of those truly forgettable movie, like not forgettable as in like like i remember this movie and it, i'll always end up having to bring up this movie in a conversation like this but it truly was just an, a forgettable film like a as soon as the film ends you don't really think about it after
0: yeah i think um i think the idea of doing a found footage superhero film was pretty interesting i thought some of the shots were pretty inventive of how they tackled you know um, them flying for the first time and dealing with their powers. I thought the idea of what responsibility do we have, if we have any, you know, all that kind of stuff. I thought I thought a lot of the elements of it were pretty cool, but um, it, it does get it does get a little bit crazy in that third act. And um, I mean, like I said, I think I think I like it more than I don't, but it's just not. I don't take it seriously. I think it takes itself a little bit too serious, if that makes any sense.
1: It's just once Michael B. Jordan dies, I just really just lose interest. It's like, oh, damn, like you really killed him like that? Yeah. Like that was fucked up. Uh, um, what's, what's also so funny.
0: What's up? Um, One of the things is that I think that colors it wrong for me is that I have, I guess, a weird relationship with the director of the film, Max Land. I mean, the story. Oh God, right I hate film, no, I hate Max Landis.
1: Landis. I uh, I hate Max Landis. But Josh
0: Trank ended up directing this. He goes on to direct Fan Force Dick, And you think you might think he took B. Jordan for the ride, you know? Probably, yeah. That makes a lot of sense.
1: And then another train wreck of, of a superhero film. But
0: <laughs> I mean, again, another one that took itself too seriously, right?
1: yeah yeah that,
0: that's what it comes down to um uh, you you called for it so let's do it you you have this film uh that comes out called unbreakable directed by M Night Shyamalan, with you know noted action star bruce willis in it and other pretty much you know hall of fame actor uh samuel L. jackson as his villain and I thought when I first saw this, and it took me a very long time to see this. I probably didn't
1: see this till about 10 years ago. Maybe. Yeah, roughly same for me, same exact time frame for me. Yeah. Um, I was and- I, I was watching this because of uh Watch Mojo really. This ended up on a Watch Mojo uh countdown, and I'm like, oh my god, my mother used to talk about this movie all the time growing up. So I'm like, let me just watch this. What is this?
0: I don't remember much of the promotion of this film and like all the posters and all the other kind of stuff just makes it look like one of those like ashley judd thrillers <laughs>
1: uh-huh. like if you just look at it yeah, like, like a the- long game spider or the long kiss good night like
0: or yeah any of that kind of uh, early two thousand stuff <laughs> um but yeah it's basically about a, a former football player with superhuman strength who sees the crimes of people that he touches And you kind of find out that he has been being, he has been, someone has been keeping tabs on him throughout his years to sort of kind of test his mettle uh, and whether or not he actually has these powers. And part of the beauty of this film is watching him discover these powers and then go to great lengths to, um, I guess, test his limits and his abilities in doing this kind of stuff. Um, I thought that, like, I, I think this movie is basically one scene it's the scene where they're at the breakfast table and um they bring up the newspaper that his father you know that somebody was a vigilante went and saved somebody somewhere and him and his son have a very tearful but unspoken conversation through eyes of like did you go out and do this yes i did Oh my God, you're a superhero! Yes, I am. (laughs)
1: Uh, And it's it's, and it only gets driven home by that powerful fucking Thomas Newton Howard score. I mean, that James Newton Howard score. That James Newton Howard score is just amazing. And James Newton Howard, obviously known for
0: older stuff like you know Pretty Women, a Pretty Woman, and stuff like that. Pretty Women is a sequel; it's more than one. (laughs) But um, you know, (laughs) he's all he's also done. You know, Hunger Games stuff, and he's done Dark Knight. You know what I mean? Dark Knight. um, He worked, sorry, he worked alongside uh, Hans Zimmer with uh, Dark Knight and Batman Begins. So, you know, the guy knows his stuff. And like you said, brings the hammer when it comes to these scenes in Unbreakable, because it's not really an action packed film. There's no real big action
1: set piece. If anything, you don't really figure out that it's a superhero film. To, like, really you sit and stew on it, like, after the fact of the movie. Like, you get that little ball drop at the end with Samuel L. Jackson. But even then, you're just thinking, okay, this is just some crazy-ass art collector. But, you know, what's stopping this from being, like, a Lex Luthor, Superman, Batman, Joker type situation? The dude legit bombed places to find his art, his polar opposite. That's what's sick about Samuel L. Jackson's plan. Is he was bombing train stations, fucking airports, uh, post offices. He just kept bombing places to see who would be the person that's quote unquote unbreakable. What and do you think about?
0: Uh, what do you think about the idea of a villain with brittle bones?
1: I think it's sick that they made the guy that is literally, you know, that's a Superman type, have his arch villain be someone that can literally be like destroyed if you sneeze on him wrong like especially that one scene where he notices bruce, like, he noticed bruce willis he knew bruce willis had a power it was at the game where bruce willis called out the guy that had like a knife on him and the guy yeah. got out of the line and left and he knew that he had that on him and he started chasing him and then he like slips and all you hear is the fucking shattering <laughs> going down yeah. the stairs Oh, my God. So, and the way they filmed it, how close up and personal. Like, it became really atmospheric at that point. Like, the cane is just shattering. And then you just hear the, the bones just, like, literally snap. Like, you're holding, like, ten twigs. Yeah. It, it, it was, it's sick.
0: Yeah, it's, it was he's really, he's really an great at that. Um, I think it ends a bit abruptly for me, the film. Uh, well,
1: it was, like, a two-and-a-half-hour film. Well, yeah, then they should have moved.
0: They should have moved some things around, because I feel like uh the conflict at the end is what we all kind of wanted. And once we got it, once the ball gets dropped, put it this way: well, the film ends.
1: It went that way.
0: But I'm saying, put it this way: the film ends so abruptly that you have to end it with words on the screen.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it does. They do end it with we, words on the we, screen.
0: they have to complete. The rest of what the happens in the story because they don't have time to film. that is kind of a cheat, that that make any of sense. A cheat yeah <laughs> so it's like yeah like it, it there's a revelation and then bruce willis walks away and as he walks away we, we start getting credits basically <laughs> and i'm like wait what, what what's going on here uh and you have a beautiful song that's playing in the background yeah but um yeah it just felt a little bit it felt a little bit incomplete then without us knowing we, we would would
1: go on, would end up a trilogy.
0: Yeah, without us knowing, it would end up. We would end up getting a sequel to this, um, uh, and the next film would be Split, starring James McAvoy, who would go on to play uh, Charles
1: Xavier in the X Men. And don't forget, and uh, honestly, would go on to be another X Men user. Honestly, would go on to be another X Men user with user uh, actress with um. What's her name? Ah, oh, what was uh Colossus's sister's name? Ileana. I always have problems with her name. Ileana. Ileana. She'll yeah. go on to play Ileana. Yep, yep. So we got two two X Men actors.
0: Basically, yeah. Um I'm trying to look through it real quick. Uh, in case there's really anyone else in here, really. I-
1: don't really remember anybody else, honestly.
0: No, not no, no, I know oh, Sarah Paulson is
1: in glass. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's
0: probably at the end. No, she's not in this at all. She's not in. Um. Yeah. She's split in
1: glass.
0: and split wasn't, wasn't uh, depicted as a, that was the biggest thing about it. It wasn't depicted as a sequel to unbreakable. So many people were surprised at the end when that happened. And once it was revealed that that was happening, it was also revealed like it, it that, this film ends possibly teasing a confrontation between, you know, uh, the character from Split, uh, the Beast, if you will, and um, Bruce Willis' character, David Dunn. Um, and so... Dunn versus Crumb. When that happens, all of a sudden you're faced off with like, oh my God, they've, they made a secret superhero trilogy. I thought it was the most genius thing of all time because I have been waiting for a, a comic book... Movie or something like that, whatever you want to call that. Um, I've been waiting for something like that with minimal advertisement. You know, I want I want to kind of yeah. be surprised at this point. Uh, like I, there was a lot of people who were saying, "How cool would it have been if that film, Life, was um, a Venom
1: film?" Oh God, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: you know there was Mama a lot of talk about
1: that. Yeah, was he in that? Oh no, no. No, you're what, you're thinking about the one with um uh Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I think he's in that. Yeah, that the, the one with the where they get like that like um that symbiote type virus in his right. face and it's yeah. like killing everybody and then it has that sick twist. Yo, I'm going to tell you straight up right now. I know it's off topic, but it's just cuz you brought it up. I hated that movie. I hated it. I literally watched it and I was and just because of who was in it. I hated that movie all the way to the end. I was bored. Everything was wonky. The story was stupid. Everything was predictable. No, it it literally, it's alien. It was alien. It was 100% without a shadow of a doubt. It was alien and it was pissing me off. It was like alien meets space odyssey. And then that twist ending happens where Jake Gyllenhaal is floating forever by himself in dark space. And the fucking virus plant shit makes it to fucking earth and i'm like yes yes you redeemed yourself movie you actually actually redeemed yourself because i would have hated that movie
0: i think um i think if it was as bad as you say it was it probably should have done the venom twist then they probably just said should have said screw it and said this was all venom this is the first symbiote yeah we're,
1: you know, because it was just, it, it, it was so, it was one of those movies where you can't even say, well, I've seen a hundred of these, so I know it's going to happen. If you've seen one of them, you are literally seeing a copy. It was just like, it, it, it was just the, the stupidest thing. It was just everybody being picked off one by one. It's a tale as old as time with those horror movies. But it was just, everybody was making decisions that would get their asses thrown in an airlock in real life. Like, if you were real people, I'm putting you in the airlock. Um, do you remember what you thought about Split when you saw it? I hated it. I fell asleep the first time I watched it. Yeah. It was boring. It was boring. It was boring the first time I watched it. And then when I actually paid attention to it the second time, I hated it because of just how bad it actually was. Like it was, it was bad. I wasn't even laughing. I wasn't making fun of it. I was just like shaking my head and rubbing my face at just. Why am I wasting my time with this? It was just, I don't like Split. I can ju- I will tell you right now, I don't like Split, and I definitely don't like Glass. I was just going to ask, were you, were you at least excited for Glass? I was super excited for Glass. And I, I, I liked Moments in Glass. There's a couple of, you know I like the first 30 minutes, 45 minutes of Glass, and then it just starts getting bad. Like if Glass was, was just, kev, uh, what's it called? Uh, Bruce Willis and his son- doing the vigilante stuff and hunting down Kevin and then they have that big um, fight at the end of the movie, I would have loved it. But this whole, they, they did the whole entire showdown in like the first 30, 10 minutes. They found yeah. him automatically. He was kidnapped because he was still kidnapping girls. He was still doing the same thing from Split. But they did, it, they did it in a way that didn't even, like Split, when you first see that movie, before you realize what it was, it's essentially legit a horror movie. Right. Like it's an actual actual horror movie. Here here it made it look like 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 an Arkham villain. Like James McAvoy legit looked like someone Batman would stop. Yeah.
0: But then it goes back to the whole idea that all oh, this is super real and so if it's super real we can't do anything interesting because what would happen Terrible. in a real world, you know? And so you end up drowning uh, Bruce Willis Cause he can drown. That's his,
1: that's Oh his my thing. God. That was one of the worst. Yo, they really put, they just, they, they, they just put a knee on the back of his head. They just did the, they, they, they Oh my God. I can't drown in a that. puddle. In a Apparently. puddle, George, they killed him in a puddle. David Dunn died drowning in a fucking puddle. Eight,
0: eight years after, um, unbreakable Samuel L. Jackson would be introduced to a whole host of, uh, new fans, um, and join the most prestigious cinematic universe <laughs> of all time and go on to make a whole host of films, comes back. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was great as Glass. I just don't feel that the film itself is very creative or very um, – the word I would use is satisfying, actually, because I, I just it don't was feel like – It was not
1: satisfying at all. Yeah, it's, no. just
0: not, it's just not a satisfying film. Um, I did think that the – for the most part, I did think that the Matrix films were satisfying. And I feel like besides uh, how deep it is into science fiction, there's definitely superhero elements. There's definitely elements to um, the hero's journey or the hero's story circle. Uh, Joseph Campbell stuff here. Um, wh- what do you think of the world of the Matrix? This good versus evil, uh, the lore, all of that, that is uh, what makes up the Matrix. And what, what do you think? It borrowed, if anything, from comics,
1: and that's also including anime. Well, to be honest, you know, The Matrix for me is really the first movie. Like, like that's really all that I, 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 I liked. Right. I, I kind of, I sometimes I like the second one. Like, there's bits and pieces that I can like genuinely enjoy, and you know, it, the the third one is just damn near unwatchable to me, and I haven't watched the fourth one, but that first matrix movie still to this day is one of the greatest movies that was ever made it still holds up if anything it holds up even more it's become more relevant than ever and, yeah. and just the, the, that yeah the whole story circle of just neo going from uh, thomas anderson who uh sells people computer hacker fucking floppy disks to becoming the little savior of the simulation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and supposedly there's tons of this film that is shot scene by scene um, from Ghost in the Shell, <laughs> which is oh, you know, an anime you ever based seen on Ghost a manga. I know, but it's a, it's a anime based on a manga, which also has become a live-action film starring Scarlett Johansson, who would go on to play um, <laughs> uh, Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. And it gets to start her own film playing Natasha. So that's super cool how that all came full circle. What do you think about the protagonist, antagonist in The Matrix?
1: Uh, I The lo- first
0: one kind of stuff.
1: I love... Um, what's his name? Uh, Agent Smith. Yeah. I think Agent Smith is great. Uh, I love his reasoning. That he's basically a, a semi-conscious or fully conscious. He's a fully conscious... Um, I'm trying to... I guess you can consider him a white blood cell, like 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 an android type white blood cell. Like his duty is to clean any of the irregularities inside the Matrix. Yeah. So I love that. Really, he's just doing all of this because not only is it his job, but after all of the years that he's been all of the eons he's been doing it for, essentially, he's just become hater of humans he he, he has a disdain from it's almost an omni-man like presence where he has a monologue with Lawrence fishburne one of the greatest monologues ever written in my opinion where he's again like, you know i i have seen all sorts of different you know um living organisms in on this planet and the and you as humans don't relate to any of them mammals you know insects none of them but humans relate the most to viruses the way he just like monologues that humans are a virus that just go from one ecosystem to another and topple it and just keep going. I'm just like, God damn, my man is, he he don't got to be spitting these facts right now.
0: Uh, Hugo Weaving going would go on to play Red Skull in Captain
1: America. And, And of course, of course, Hugo Weaving would be Red Skull. It's like, why not?
0: Yeah. Um, such was so good at playing a program At playing a cold You know remorseless Program and then you know we I think I, everyone's talked about Keanu Reeves really coming Into his own in this uh, k- But a lot of people thought it was a bit Of joke casting because at the time He was being typecasted As a uh, a Bro dude I guess is what I'll call it And um, he, was,
1: he was definitely The original Matt Riddle
0: yeah. And now, you know, an action star, like an undeniable action star currently. 100%. And possibly. As John Wick, baby. Also possibly one of the most currently
1: fan-casted actors of all time. Oh, what you one, one. No, 100%. <laughs> and you know what it is? is it's just genuinely, if we're going to go by like just fan love, like actual fan love, he is probably, not even hyperbolic, the most loved actor in history. Probably like, there is actor. something about Keanu Reeves,
0: what probably living actor. I think Robin Williams was pretty beloved. Mr. Rogers,
1: oh no, you okay, you have Robin Williams, Mr. yeah. Well, I wouldn't consider Mr. Rogers an actor. What Mr. do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? That's because accent. I because because to be because no, because when you're an actor, you're playing a part, you're playing a role. That is Mr. Rogers. You ever watch his court cases like of him fighting for like. Uh, he uh, Mr. Rogers used to go to court to fight for children's television to, to wait to be, to f- to be fair.
0: He's written as a television, um, personality, host. a television yeah, host, he, author, producer, and minister.
1: Yeah, I exactly. Yeah, Mr. Rogers is in no way an actor. That's genuinely, he is he was that amazing of a person. Don't do you, you know <laughs> his, don't you, speak, no. don't you feel kill on my Mr. Rogers now? Do you, do you know his uh, middle name? No, what's his real name? McFeely. <laughs> yes, yes, because, you know, now that makes sense because that's the name of the mailman. Mr. McFeely is the mailman. But also,
0: I don't think th- that you would have gotten very far <laughs> at Mr. McFeely's neighborhood. <laughs> no, oh my, that, stop I, I, it. So I think he, I think Roy, going with Roger's work because, <laughs> no. You don't want to bring your kids to Mr. McFeely. Rogers McFeely. <laughs> yep. Let's go to Rogers McFeely. Um, no, but you would go on to, we're still, we're still um, doing six degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever. Um, uh, six degrees of separation. Oh, McFeely and uh, how, we, how
1: are we going to forget Jerry Hogarth?
0: Is, oh, Jerry Hogarth, a hundred percent. Carrie Moss. We were you talking about, about Carrie Moss. We're talking about Mr. Rogers. We're talking about Rogers McFeely. We can't, We got Marcus and McFeely, who wrote. Oh
1: God, not 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 McFeelys.
0: Didn't they write for uh, Civil War? Yes. Um, I type in Civil War into Wikipedia, and it wants to show me like the real Civil War. Like, what are you, what are you doing yeah, to me right well, now? If it was
1: going to show you the real Civil War, it would be showing you the MCU movie, not. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah, so uh,
0: the McFeelys would go on to write, or Stephen McFeely would go on to co-write. It was, yeah, Stephen McFeely, uh, yeah go on to co-write some of the Captain America films so it all comes around and like you said Jerry Jerry Hogarth um with Carrie Ann Moss would go on to uh co well, not co-star but she would was would be in the movie with guy Pierce and Christopher Nolan. Oh memento memento Nolan would go on to make the Dark Knight trilogy and Guy Pierce would go on to be uh the Mandarin Killian. or uh, Aldrich Killian. So yeah, this 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 all go, uh, gets so crazy. Um now let's
1: finally talk about a movie that you that you have fucking seen and a movie you can praise. Let's bring up the fucking fact of that Disney gave us literally the best Fantastic Four movie we'll ever have. Yeah, man, uh Incredibles and I guess you Michael, could also- Michael
0: Jacquino again with the score. You Michael could baby. You could also dump in the second um the second Incredibles in there as well.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's definitely going to go on because I actually think that movie is amazing too. I actually like The Incredibles too. I actually might like it more than the first one. I'm not even gonna lie, like um, that second because the second one has uh Bob Odenkirk and um what's her name um oh wasn't uh is it Frankie Agatha Agatha Harkness in there? Oh, it's Catherine Hahn? Yeah, I, it's, if it's not Catherine Hahn, I think it's Lily Tomlin.
0: I might. And be if it's the, Lily Tomlin. Tomlin.
1: And if it's Lily Tomlin, then she goes on to be Aunt May and in Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just. It is...
0: Not seeing no Lily Tomlin. Who is... uh, we, got, we got Craig T. Nelson, Holly Hunter, Sarah Val, uh,
1: uh, Catherine Keener. Keener. Oh, yes. Catherine yes, Keener. Catherine yeah. Keener. Get out and get out. Yeah. Yep, and yep, I, yep, I, yep, I keep yep.
0: forgetting that Brad Bird is actually uh, Edna Mode.
1: Yes, Brad Bird is Edna Mode.
0: <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, there's been a lot of talk about how to. I mean, everyone said it at this point, you know, like uh, the Incredibles or the Fantastic Four, and like to not to not just like leave that broad idea out like that and not expand on it 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 there's a feeling in this of family and even the imperfectness of family like they argue they fight they don't always get along there's sometimes miscommunication and that leads to some trouble for them um i just think that one i think this movie is like maybe 60 70 score i dare i say and i don't say that i
1: don't say that's a slight anything
0: But more specifically, there's a very 60s swing No, band, I have to agree with you. Um, aesthetic to this, and the 60s is the height of Marvel Comics. Specifically, the height of the Fantastic Four, which is quite considered what, what started and saved Marvel Comics alongside
1: Spider-Man. So You know it really is? It, it's the fact that like, it becomes, the music has a way of being atmospheric at the end of the day. Like, it just yeah. sets a tone. It sets an ambiance. So like, when you get these quiet moments of Mr. Incredible like putting on his suit, and then you get these these transitions that's comic book panel-y, like you are literally getting like these hero montages that are being cut into comic panels. But over all of that, you just get the the slight piano keys, the doom 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 doom. And it just captures the height of like the best parts of 60s spy thrillers. A lot of brass like, horns. Yeah. Um
0: you know, um, and like the real like brash, brass horns, like the real almost obnoxious. But that's how it was in those in that era of, like you said, spy thrillers. It and, gives like you said, the, the trumpet Super that you heroes. have to have
1: that little squeeze ball in the trumpet to get yeah, that. fucking
0: That effect, like wobbling effect. Um, the the graphics. I remember there's a scene where they're in the water and you could watch oh, how their hair, is, their hair is shining because of the water. Like I was just remember thinking like this is. This is the height of what this is obviously we would go on to do way more but at the time I'm just like this is
1: this 2004 is incredible. man this is the height of no it truly is the height of of uh, theatrical animation and it's 2004.
0: it's 2004 and I'm 15 and I know about the birds and the bees and while I get the while I get the very um, you know on the nose stuff that they're doing with this movie, I also get the kind of thinly veiled idea that there was a subplot in which Miss Incredible thought that Mr. Incredible was cheating on her with his, Yo. Co- with his co-star and um, his co-star, his co-worker. And not only is that very well done, like they placed that in there very well, but it's just,
1: it's handled very maturely as well. Because you know what? Cause it's subtle. It's not, yeah. it's not an actual in your face thing. And it, it, it becomes a way to, to move the plot. Like how, do we, like, how do we organically get Mrs. Incredible and her kids on the same island as Mr. Incredible so we can get the family together and do our little hero uh, climax? How do we do this? Hmm. All right. How about Mr. Incredible is very secretive about the fact that he's doing superheroing again at his wife's behest. She finds, like, a, a blonde hair on his lapel thinks he's cheating, follows him. The kids follow her. <laughs> so it's, it's very organic. It yeah. genuinely is an organic way to get everybody together.
0: And the kids are different. They have unique, you know, attitudes and mindsets because of things, but they still love and care one for one another. I believe they both save each other's life at one point. Um, you know that which is incredibly charming and and like simultaneously heartbreaking when you think about the fact that they uh, came so close to death on multiple occasions. Um, you know it deals with like child death, like also, what would happen if if like what Mister Incredible's reaction would be if his family were killed in a situation like that. He almost murdered a woman. There's a there's a moment in there with that.
1: But yep. Yeah, saying? and one of the best parts too is each of their powers is literally a commentary on their position in the nuclear family. You have the father who has to be super strong, has to be, you know, the hero. You have the mother who's almost stretched herself completely thin, having to, you know, go every which way you have the youngest son who's just runs, 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 always fast, always has energy. And then you have the angsty teenage daughter that nearly feels invisible. Yeah. So every single, like they, all have powers that genuinely uh, relate to their personalities and their roles in their family and it's just the little details like that is what just makes this movie beautiful like really beautiful like why can't we do this it was it was
0: nom- the sequel was nominated for multiple awards it just had the tragedy of coming out the same year as into the spider-verse
1: into so, Spider-Verse, of course it came out yeah. the same year as Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. So, yeah about that. Yeah. But um, you could take, no, but you know what? You know what? I will give it sec- I I think it takes a nice solid second place. Yeah, and nothing it, to, it, to be second take, place to, spy- yeah.
0: to that is nothing. To be second place to um to Spider-Verse yeah, if you, is, you lost to an like three of
1: the last Dragon. I don't know what to tell you, you know. If you, but if you you know, but losing to Spider-Verse, that I mean, it's Spider-Verse. That shit was t- tackling things that it needed to.
0: Holly Hunter would go on to be uh the senator who the peach tea senator. Oh my God,
1: yes, the DBS. Yes.
0: yes. Drinking grandma's Hunt- peach tea. Yep. Was Jason Lee anything? <laughs> Jason Lee was Jason in Lee in the Flash,
1: I think. Was he now? No wait. Am I getting him The only mixed thing that I can really You might be. You might be. The only thing I can accredit Jason Lee to is being, uh, is playing an actual comic book creator in the Kevin Smith universe with uh, Chasing Amy. Right. So I was
0: getting him mixed up with, I was getting him mixed up with that dude from um, American Pie
1: that looks like him. Oh, Jason Biggs. No, Jason not Jason. Biggs was Biggs. in the Flash, not Jason. From American Biggs. Pie, that's Yeah, I know
0: who's in American Pie, Daniel. I'm saying the guy who looks like him in American Pie.
1: Wait, the guy who looks like the... Jason
0: Lee in American Pie, not just not just the guy from American Pie. <laughs>
1: well, the... now I'm all types of
0: confused. You've seen American Pie? Yes. There's a football player in American Pie.
1: Oh, um, shit. Chris Klein. What would... Chris Klein. Yes. yes. Chris yes. Klein looks
0: like Jason Lee's older brother.
1: <laughs> I, I can see it. I get I them mixed it. up in
0: my mind. What did you, so I think Chris that,
1: Klein was in the flash?
0: Yes, Chris Klein was uh one of the worst villains in the flash. <laughs> <Even the laughs> it was man. not great. It was not great. Uh he was cicada. No, you know, when, when you're scared stop of it. of bugs, you know, you'd be scared of a damn cicada. Um, I'm
1: not, they don't even do anything, they just make noise.
0: I w- I was gonna okay, so let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, anybody else in here, bud Luckley? That just sounds cool. What did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's a it's the sequel to this that has um both Odin Kirk and um Jonathan Banks, right?
1: Yep, yes, it does, because Jonathan Banks is the FBI agent that disappears. witness protection. He's, yeah. yeah, he's
0: their disappearer and Samuel L. Jackson, as we said again, Frozone uh would go on to be um Well Nick he, Fury. he basically played Nick Fury, and he's glass yeah.
1: <laughs> coming back That's around crazy. full circle. This he's man Mr. really glass. loves his comic book stuff. Samuel so, oh, Jackson be loving his comic book stuff because oh my god, duh, he was also in the Kingsman, and the Kingsman's he, a comic book.
0: He's also in um the one with uh is it The Shadow or The Spirit? It's one of those.
1: Oh, he's in The Spirit. he's, yeah, a freaking, he's in The Spirit. Oh, but we, don't, we don't talk about that one because it's him and Scarlett Johansson and their, their partners. Scarlett yeah. Johansson plays his assistant, basically.
0: I got to rewatch it. I remember thinking it was very weird.
1: Oh, we have to we have to do a which was worse for fucking The Spirit and Sin City 2. We yeah. have to do a which was worse for them. Because Sin City 1, I, gen, I do not think that there's one thing actually wrong with that movie. I think that movie's perfect, start to finish. It's one of my dark horses. I actually really love Sim City.
0: Do you have anything to say about the adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl? I have
1: nothing to say on the adventures <laughs> of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I have nothing to say. I don't know why you brought that up.
0: Wow, bro. What are you
1: hating on Shark Boy and Lava Girl for? You know what? I like I like TNA Shark Boy. <laughs> next, <laughs> next uh, meteor man,
0: meteor man, uh, meteor man. Oh that's, god. That's a that was good. That was funny. First black, uh, one of the first black depictions of a superhero in mainstream media. Uh, so that's pretty pretty damn awesome there.
1: Uh, up move- up and away on Disney Channel, up, up in away. Your computer up typing type in your computer up up and away and read that hilarious ass casting Disney Great. Channel. Uh, Disney Channel original from like 2000. Crazy all black superhero uh, family. My crazy ex
0: girlfriend or my super ex girlfriend?
1: Which one is it? It's uh, it's my, it's my crazy super ex girlfriend. You had it, you had both of them right? It's my crazy super ex girlfriend. There's no. Is it really my crazy super ex girlfriend? It's my crazy super ex girlfriend. It's gotta be. Oh, it's one hundred (laughs) percent my my super ex
0: ex girlfriend. That's what it's called.
1: It is my, so it is my yeah, super That's the thing well, we were mixing up, too.
0: There is a My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and there is a My Super Ex-Girlfriend, and we were combining them to make My Crazy Super Ex-Girlfriend.
1: Well, all I know is that Uma Thurman was really crazy. Yeah. And, and she, then Anna Ferris is also, I think Anna Ferris was in that, and I think J- J- uh, Jason Mar- Marsden was in that. Anna Faris, I mean, not
0: Anna Faris, but um, Uma Thurman would play Poison Ivy in batman and robin luke wilson will go on to play my boy pat dugan and still playing pat Dugan. Luke
1: wilson playing pat dugan yep still play exactly still playing pat Dugan. Uh, knock on wood
0: oh random randomness about um incredibles lily tomlin was originally considered for the role of edna mode but she turned it down
1: wow
0: and so brad lily Bor- tomlin brad, a bird. Great edna
1: mode. brad
0: bird tried multiple uh what you call it multiple
1: people
0: yes or uh, they auditioned multiple people for the role ended up not liking any of them and then said yeah i'm just going to do it myself
1: i'll just do yeah, it well, myself. it's iconic so I'm, gl- I'm glad he did it himself because it's iconic fabulous now i could just
0: picture him and the and the woman who does linda from bob's burgers just <laughs> these
1: two grown-ass men
0: <laughs> Just doing these. No, but the dude
1: that does Linda is amazing. He's hilarious. Like, I don't though. get it.
0: He's he's freaking hilarious. Uh, Toxic Avenger, got anything to say on that?
1: I've actually never seen Toxic Avenger. I've never seen a uh, stripperella with uh, Pamela stripperella. Anderson. Oh, stripperella is a thing. Yeah, that called- would
0: be a thing as well. Yes, stripperella. Yep. Stripperella would count. What's your favorite? So what's your would, favorite? Um, What's your favorite television parody superhero? Bartman, Crimson Chin, uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy.
1: What to What? what, what I would have to go. I would have to go with Fairly Odd Parents. I would have to go with Fairly Odd Parents without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. I think that they genuinely the chin? uh it, not just the Crimson Chin, dude. There was a whole superhero special, like a two, three-part special, yeah, where there was the Nega Chin. But all of these dudes, like, um, like they, they had Charles Xavier in there. Like mm-hmm. they had, they had, uh, this kid, one of the, one of the kids with braces was called like the chomper or whatever, where he was just the like, Chomper. he was like, a, uh, what's it called? There was this, there was this dude that was, uh, he was the bully. He was the bully of the show, but he was literally a bull with the letter okay. E on his chest. And he was called the bull dash E Ridiculous. I am the bull E. Yeah,
0: I'm a I'm a like dark, if, wing, dark wing duck kind of guy myself. Let's get I love, dangerous, love my man. Darkwing Duck duck. Always thought that he. Oh, killed you know
1: what? I like um, Duck Dodgers. Duck Dodgers. <laughs> in yeah, the 21st the fucking, century
0: sound like that. Duck Dodgers in the 21st century, the
1: 21st and a half century. Yeah, because yeah. it's basically Buck Rogers. Yeah,
0: super dude on uh all that. He was oh lactose my intolerant. God,
1: super dude. Or um the procrastinator from the Amanda show. That I'll get correct. to it. Eventually. eventually. Yep. <laughs> That's the pretty good. That's pretty good.
0: Um, I'm trying. Oh, uh, uh Radioactive Man from The Simpsons. Oh God, yes. <laughs> but he's played uh, by even... the, he's played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but they're Arnold Schwarzenegger, Rainier Wolfcastle.
1: Oh God, he's one of the best. Yeah, and they are like say
0: it, uh, up and at him, up and at them, <laughs> up and <laughs> at him, up and at them. Fine,
1: <laughs> like, forgot. Oh, we would be remiss if we didn't even mention one of the worst fucking parody movies of all time with a superhero movie with Drake Bell, Never uh, Kevin it. Hart, Never Leslie Mann. Oh, that was at my the bottom. God. That was they put Leslie Mann in that. Yes, Leslie uh-huh. Mann was his was. Leslie Mann was fucking Drake Bell's Uncle Ben. And Drake Bell's best friend was Kevin Hart. And he, he literally has the Peter Parker origin story. And they were... <laughs> so, they're, so they're fucking... <laughs> they're, they're parodying the Thanksgiving scene from the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. And he... So they're just going back and forth on cuts. He's like, how did you get that cut on your lip? And he's like, my crack pipe broke. Oh, How dear. did you get that cut on your arm? He's like, I met a girl on oh, Craigslist. How you did you said, get that cut on your arm?
0: I met a guy on Craigslist. Oh, you have been you've been off the charts with the names today. It's not Leslie Mann. It's Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. No. I could totally see in this Leslie
1: Mann. I was like, why did they drag Leslie Mann in this? You know, what? I because I keep because I keep forgetting that. Why does she? I'm just gonna start calling her Leslie Appertown. That's Leslie it.
0: Leslie Avatar. But She's I was like Leslie Avatar. I, I was
1: like, they drug her into this, right? Like she doesn't listen, do listen, very listen. bad. She films. was in Georgia the Jungle. She has no right to say Georgia anything. the Jungle is a damn near a classic. It's
0: brother. a don't classic. Ever, it is don't a don't classic.
1: You... It is a classic. This movie has little classic. Kim in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the, the little Kim. Apparently, uh Pamela Anderson. There's a lot, there's a lot of people in this. But Oh, you're looking at like, a superhero movie? But not Leslie Man.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, dude, there was this whole scene where they're literally just have uh, they were doing the X-Men school for uh, Gifted. And every time they cut – it's Tracy Morgan, by the way, being Xavier. And every time they cut around the corner to, like, a new part of the school, Tracy Morgan is in, like, a different kind of, like, mobile mobile device. He goes from, like, a wheelchair to a hover round to a skateboard to a bike. Like, it is just hilarious. By the end of it, he's on, like, a tricycle. I'm, I'm just cracking up. It's one of the worst parody movies of them all. It's like up there next to like, uh, I think disaster movie might be the worst and movie 43, but
0: yeah, I think it it just gets pretty, um, it just like they get, they put those films on a conveyor
1: belt and it just got really, really bad, really fast. Uh, blood man and chronic. Hey, Jane, Bob strike back, that count. You know, I even think chasing Amy should count. That's about comic book creators. Shit.
0: Um, I'm still looking up uh, Mighty Mouse. What ones I'm trying to think of damn. Mighty I, Mouse I,
1: counsel- I don't
0: know if you know about powdered, <laughs> to- powdered toast, man.
1: Oh my god, that's from fucking Doug, isn't it? No, Ren and Stimpy. no, not Doug. Um, it is Ren and Stimpy, yes. No, yes. do you remember the I hero remember- from Doug? Quail Man, Quail Man, <laughs> Quail, man.
0: <laughs> Quail Man, with the with the uh, with the belt wanted- on his head,
1: the belt, it was an upside down belt.
0: Yeah, he had a belt on his head. Yep.
1: But why quails? I
0: why don't
1: know. I don't know. Um, oh my God. Do you remember the fuck? Do you remember the Avengers parodies from um, uh, Dexter's Laboratory?
0: Oh, yes. Um, Glory,
1: the inc- in the Infragable the, in the Justice League. No, the Justice Friends. Was it the Justice Friends? It, was, it It had to have been the Justice Friends. It couldn't be the Super Friends because Super Friends was actually a thing. So it, I'm yeah, it, sure was, it was. The it Friends. was the Justice Friends.
0: Yeah, Van Halen, uh, the the Crunk.
1: Infragable, Crunk. So crunk? Yeah.
0: The the Infragable inf- Crunk, Major Glory and, and Val Hallen. Yeah, those guys are funny. But they they literally had a whole other list of people: White Tiger, Living Bullet, Fantone, Ratman, Tiki Tori. Yeah. Uh, monkey, <laughs> Fat boy, the declaration of independence.
1: Um yeah, it's it's okay, but we also can't fucking forget one of the greatest. Super cow. You ever seen cow and chicken? Oh yeah, super cow. Remember cow and chicken growing up? And she was super she cow. Was when super they talk in Spanish? cow. Yep. Was it she would she'd be like, Super <laughs> cow, just just the most great. She was just literally just spouting gibberish. They were, just, they were just making fun of Spanish. They were just, that's literally what they were. you super cow, They our, were just making fun uh, of the
0: ridiculous. Super cow rescate, or arrascate, which is uh
1: some shit. She, said, Thank you. <laughs> she was probably just, yeah, she was probably just saying super cow in Spanish.
0: Yes. All all this stuff is great. Um, I wanted to end on something that's a little bit more horrific than inspiring when it comes to superhero stuff the latest take on evil superman
1: he's having a bad weekend guys don't worry about it the latest take
0: oh my god okay on evil superman brightburn uh the reason why i want to talk about brightburn is because brightburn it seems to be the only thing on this list that might be continuing they might you know actually make this a thing it might be a universe uh how did you feel about 2019's
1: brightburn how do you feel about that this is literally it's like if Zack Snyder had some extra footage left over from Man of Steel in the with the young storyline, the young Clark storyline. He's like, here you go, James. Here's a couple of shots. Just make a movie around it. <laughs> because this movie was literally just Man of Steel. But yeah, it took when it. When it went, too. it went. Like it, I did not expect this movie to go as dark as it went. Like the bodies that racked up in this movie, I did not expect it. Like I kind of expected it, but I was just like I was I was holding out hope that it really wouldn't be as like damn near thriller as as it was. But
0: I think um hell. one of the things about Brightburn that makes me laugh in a bit, a bit is that I don't think they had to do much to make it horrifying for Man of Steel. <laughs> no so that's one of the that's, that's the first thing the second thing is um i get what you mean about it surprising you with how dark it gets i think more what you should impart on those who haven't seen it is it's incredibly gory as well there no, are some uh, very yeah. extremely yeah. inventive but nauseating gore in this it's like, watching a, gore.
1: it's like watching a homelander origin not even a superman origin this is like literally watching. Like, like this is the worst case scenario for now. Homelander's new kid. Yeah. this is literally that kid's worst case scenario.
0: Yep, broken skulls, broken jaws, broken glass. It gets absolutely ridiculous. Laser
1: beams out the ass. Yeah, I didn't mean it, to
0: rhyme, right. but right, right, right. But yeah, it's basically a, a horror take on the Superman genre. If the alien that fell from Earth uh, was malicious or was. Um, you know, dormant until a certain age, and then his spaceship. Oh yeah, kinda... and you
1: can't even say anything that. Sorry, it's like you can't even say anything that like he was being like truly fucked with and destroyed and like like no one loved him. He was alone. This kid had a, had a had a pretty decent life, and he still just had that in him. I remember specifically that go... it,
0: they were blaming it on his spaceship. There was like some kind of like remember spores that came out. Like, yeah, after a yeah. Certain age? And then yeah yep 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 um so i thought the film was pretty good it has uh, elizabeth banks in it she would go on to play Rita repulsa in power Rangers. but she was
1: also betty brant
0: she was also betty brant she was also uh golly man i used to love hunger games and i can't remember what that lady's name was
1: oh oh my god ellie something Shit. Ellie. yeah it slipped my head Ellie Piffle Paffle. Ellie Piffle It is not Eddie Piffle Paffle. It is uh, Effie Trinket. Effie Trinket. That's, that's a terrible name. stupid name. May the odds ever be in your favor.
0: Effie Trinket. That's a terrible, that's a Harry Potter name.
1: She's just, not, yeah, she, no, but that's what I'm saying. She's basically just a Dolores Umbridge, but not. Yeah. <laughs> Not a, I don't mean to disrespect Effie Trinket like that. She wasn't that bad. Dolores Umbridge is worse than Voldemort.
0: Whoa, you know who's who plays uh Brandon's school director in Brightburn? Jennifer Holland, who the girlfriend oh, of James Yeah, you know there's Popcorn. a character called e, there's a character called E.G. in it, and that's played by Steve Aggie. There's a character called Big T. He's played by Michael Rooker. Is this John, James Gunn well, 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 has anything Rooker, to do
1: with this? It's, it's oh yeah, there, yeah, but, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah! I forgot it was his movie. Well, not yeah, his movie. So, he wrote,
1: wrote it. Let me guess. So uh, Sean Gunn's also in there, and David Dust Because I don't remember. If, I don't think I saw them. I don't remember if I saw them or not. James but I only Gunn saw produced it.
0: Uh, Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn wrote it. But it was oh, directed. His bro-
1: so, so his brothers did it.
0: But it was directed by David Yar. Yarrow
1: Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. Budget of $12 million. So, well, it's a gun. I can't believe that's crazy. It's a gun movie. It's like all of the gun brothers just decided to just say, you know what? Let's do a Homeland. Yeah.
0: Rain Wilson cameos, apparently, in a photograph during the credits as his character, Crimson Bolt from Super. From Super.
1: They didn't. I didn't even see an end credit scene. They did not confirm that this is in the same universe as fucking Super. These people are ridiculous. That's hilarious.
0: They're I ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I love it. that. Yeah, and that's what it's all about,
0: I guess. Having these connections, this is what lets these universes expand the way they do. If you're able to connect those dots um, in this way, and like I said, you know this end. This has like an end credit scene where there's like a J. Jonah Jameson played by Michael Rooker, and he's talking about conspiracies of other evil children like this around the world there's seemingly a child that is drowning fishermen in the sea uh which people are you know connecting to being like an evil aquaman and then there was some other like vigilante little girl who was choking people to death with a rope and people are connecting that to wonder woman so it is uh it's been interesting. It's been in, uh, interesting to see how this plays out. And it's been interesting to see how comic books in general are able to inspire so many different genres of movies kind of based on some of the the tropes and the lore established in some of our most classic superheroes. Um, but next week, we do not go and, uh, we won't be talking about non-comic book stuff. We'll be getting right into multiverse of freaking madness. And it is going to be crazy. Uh, Everything that we've seen about it so far is everyone's been going crazy about it. Um, So next week, Make sure if you're listening to this that you go see Multiverse of Madness, you hit us up, you let us know what you think about it, and then we'll come around and we'll do our full spoiler filled review on the subject as soon as we touch down. It's going to be a hell of an episode because I know it's already going to be a hell of a movie. So make sure you guys are touching down base with that. And the easiest way you can touch base with everything Comic Book Click is visiting comicbookclick.com. It's the one stop for everything Comic Book Click, including what we like, uh, including what we all of our uh, articles. Every single episode of the Major Issues podcast, exclusive merchandise designed by me. I've just put up some new um, Moon Knight inspired merchandise that you people should check out when you get a chance. Uh, any of those purchases made, at T public. We get a kickback from that. That's one of the ways you can consider supporting us. Uh, other ways to support us is to tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast, share the podcast, uh, see who else would be interested in checking it out. We have. We're all over social media, facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, and you can use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at major issues CBC on Twitter, and we're working uh to get across a bunch of different social media landscapes in 2022. We're expanding our reach, we're expanding our overall influence in the world as comic book click moves on to the next phase of its evolution and we have no one else to thank but you guys for getting us this far. So thank you guys so much. Make sure you guys are listening to the next episode of the Major Issues Podcast. And lastly, if you want to chuck us uh, some change, consider becoming a Patreon at patreoncom CBC Clubhouse, where you can give us as little as $3 a month, 10 cents a day. And it helps us pay for – enough of you guys do it. It helps us pay for the hardware and the software. You know, these Zooms, uh, if you want multiple people on a podcast, they cost money. The Photoshop stuff costs money. The video stuff costs money. It all costs money, people. And I've been – And those
1: T-shirts don't help make money as much as we wish they did.
0: Yes, but unfortunately, I, I love seeing people in the designs.
1: I love seeing people liking and sharing this. I love uh, seeing you You're guys a brilliant support. dude when it comes to those designs. Guys, these new Moon Knight shirts, I'm telling you these new night <laughs> shirts are crisp yeah
0: they were really fun to make and it's very it's always fun to make things for you guys so um i hope to continue doing so and continue doing so with a level of quality that you come to know that is consistent with comic book click so make sure that you guys are paying attention when we come back around for multiverse of madness next week um but i think for me that might be it so uh my name is george serrano aka the don I am Dan, the comic book man. And this has been our list of superhero films not based on comics. And remember, whether you're a super cool superhero family, a super silly secret hero trilogy, a robot cop, a lava girl, or just a psychopathic uh, Superman, remember that we are the click. And always remember that you, yes, you are worthy.